Did you hear those good words? Were they good? Hard. And uh, if you could have a good funeral, that was a great funeral <laughs> on Friday. Sean, thanks for sharing those words because I know that they were really meaningful to you. And Dan, we'll just take that right down a little bit more. That'd be good. It's great. That's good. Because part of the thing that Sean was going and wrestling through with his mind is, Dad, where are you going to be? And what does that look like? And to really step out and actually have engagement with him and say, what does it mean? And I want to tell you about this person, Jesus. And I don't want it just to be easy words to say on a deathbed, but I want it to be real. And uh, that was his experience. And we give thanks to God for that very purpose. Over the past nine weeks, we have been talking about Moving from friendly to friends. Have you picked that up along the way? The whole idea of moving from friendly to friends. And we have been exploring different ways that we could actually unpack that. So um, three weeks ago or four weeks ago, the women went away. They went away on a retreat and they bonded deeply. (laughs) And then two weeks away, was it last weekend, the guys, we went away and uh, we had a dads and kids weekend. I'm going to tell you that was a really good connecting experience. In fact, the kids got to do stuff that they normally wouldn't do in their everyday run-of-the-mill lives. There was one moment there where um, Ethan was down by the riverside and uh, they came back declaring that they had found a freshwater crayfish. I said, how big is that thing? And they said, oh, it's about, you know, the length of your hand kind of thing. And and uh, in a few moments' time afterwards, there was this horde of kids running up from the, from the river. And uh, there's Ethan, and he's holding this, the biggest freshwater crayfish I have ever seen in my entire life. It was this big. <laughs> he was holding it like this. Literally, he, he had the thing gripped, and it was like three hands. It, it, was, it was about that size. And these kids, you should have just seen them all running around the, the sort of uh, the, the campground. There was this horde of kids chasing this Ethan boy with, with his crayfish like this. Um, the, the crayfish was gasping for air, but it was like the kids showing off their best prize. You know, have you, and, and the claws on that thing, I tell you what, the claws were so big, they're almost the size of your hands. If they had it locked on a, a kid's legs, they would have snapped them in two. <laughs> OH&S would have had a field day there, but it was brilliant. No OH&S, just out there amongst it. It was good. This whole idea of belonging. And then last night, we had a mystery dinner. One of those ways in which you could connect through conversation and meeting people. And it's all got to do with this whole idea of belonging. You know, one of the greatest human desires, I believe, is to belong. And today we want to kind of bring all the pieces together and talk about what does it mean now for us as a community that if we want to latch onto that and do that and continue to build into that, what that will look like. We've been exploring, if you like, not only arm's length, <coughs> we've been looking at the process about how we actually get to arm's length. And here's the next one along. Um, thanks, Rich. Just move on. Be willing. Turn up. Open up. Offer up. Time's up. This is the, the process we've gone through. If you want to belong anywhere, if you want to belong in a school, if you want to belong in a workspace, if you want to belong here in it. It's part of a church community and family. These are the things that are really important to do. Be willing. Come with an attitude of saying, yeah, I actually do want to connect in. I want to turn up. Because turning up actually is, 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 is one of the most 
powerful ways in which you actually get to belong is when you actually say, I'm going to be present. Now, we have had people, I've heard people say, um, that one has been really significant for me. I've realised that turning up anywhere to belong is actually really important. This is true. Open up. Did you see Katuk, Phil, and did you see the drama sketch here? Finally, after nine weeks, there was opening up. And it was powerful, wasn't it? It was pathetic, wasn't it? But it was good. And then there was offering up. How can I help? How can I serve? And then over a period of time, people can look back often retrospectively and say, I feel like I'm belonging just a little bit more. I'm moving from friendly to being friends. You see, at the heart of this whole exercise is a simple word and it's called choice. Choice. What do we do with our priorities? What are the values that we have? And do I actually want to be engaged in moving from arm's length to actually a little bit closer revolves around choice. This simple word choice. In fact, we make choices and decisions every day of our lives. What TV shows we're going to watch, who we're going to spend our time with, what clothes we're going to wear, what homework we are going to do or not, what, what decisions we need to make in the workspace. We make choices and decisions all the time. In fact, have you noticed that probably for developing countries, we value choice. The difference often between a developing country, so a developed country and a developing country, is that there is choice involved. In a developed country like ours, we have lots of choice. But in developing countries, they might only have one of something And so as you go along progressively higher and higher, we value choice. The things that you can buy, the things that you can select, the things that you can actually purchase. Every year my family goes up to Bright. And it's up at Bright, there's this ice creamery. And at the ice creamery you can choose between one of 20 flavours. Handmade, homemade ice cream. Fantastic. I remember when we were there as as young, though the kids were younger, and we would line up in the queue at Christmas time. There'd be lots of people back to back, particularly on warm summer's days. And they would get up to the, the counter, you know, the big screens, they were all just glass screens or perspex, and they would literally stick their faces up against it with their hands like this, and they would run their tongue right along and right back again as they're trying to figure out which one they're going to choose. And inevitably they choose one or two, but they would wait there for minutes and there's people behind them. And, and they have to make a choice, they have to make a decision. In fact, I've noticed that that's one of 20 flavours. There are some countries that value choice more than. If you went to the United States, having lived there for for three years, they would say, only 20 ice cream flavours to choose from? You need to go to Baskin Robbins. They have 68 flavours you can choose from. Now, would you ever choose all of those 68 flavours? No. You'd only go back to, what, the same two or three every time, every year. But the fact that you had 68 to choose from is really valuable. You know, the hardest thing about choice, you know, is choosing. Yeah, the hardest thing about choice is choosing. Have you ever noticed RSVPs these days? RSVP, would you please respond to very important that, you know what happens to RSVPs? No one responds anymore. Have you noticed that? They are almost irrelevant. Why? Because people like to keep their options open, don't we? We like to sort of hold on to the last minute to go, is there a better offer? And with choice comes sort of this commitment thing. I have to, like I might miss out on something. If I choose to go to their place, 
Saturday night for a mystery dinner, I might miss out on a better offer. And so we keep our options open. The whole idea of having to actually commit to one thing just seems reckless, doesn't it? It just seems wrong. We want to run our hands up and down along the thing with our tongues wagging out going, what's the better offer? So RSVPs are basically irrelevant these days. Isn't that right? Have you ever, would you please come to my wedding? Well, I really like choice. Maybe choice. We like it, don't we? But where does it lead? At the end of the day, if someone wants to move from arm's length to close up and personal, there needs to be choices that are made. One of the most profound things that someone said at the start of this entire series was simply this. You know, Troy, you can't choose your friends. (laughs) I took that to mean your next friend is the person in front of you. Because you can't always choose the people, oh, you are exactly like me, I will choose you. It's often got to do with people making decisions along the way, isn't it, to say, I will invest my time in you. I will be willing. I will open up. I will share. I will actually step out of my comfort zone for you because I want you to know that you are welcome. We have the power to make people's days or to break them. I've seen it here, experienced it here at New Community. People who have said along the way, I will break in and I will make friends and I will try to belong even if it hurts me. I know someone who every time their pattern in their life was, whenever I get close to relationships, the easiest thing to do is cut and run. And this had been a pattern in their lives. Cut and run. Why? Because when I get vulnerable, when I get to know people, when I open up and they get to know me, that's really hard to work through some difficult stuff. So the easiest thing to do is run, start again. But I've seen them over a period of a year and a half now say, I'm going to stay in that vulnerable space. I'm going to make myself open to other people. I'm going to invest my time. I will be present. And they have, as people have, and there's a sense of belonging that emerges along the way. Do you know to belong is the desire of every human heart? And that's what we've been talking about these last nine weeks. But at the heart of it all, if you were to push me and say, Troy, what have the last nine weeks been about also? I would have to look you in the eye and say, it's also been about Jesus. When we started up a number of uh, two months ago now, I read this, a new community. This is what's written in the book of Acts in the Bible. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, that sort of connection, that belonging, that community, and to sharing in meals and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day God added to their fellowship, their community, their church family, those who are being rescued or saved coming into new life and relationship with God. If I was to read that through in another way, I'd say this description is filled with choice. People saying, I'm choosing to listen to teaching. People saying, I'm choosing to connect with other people. Choosing to say, God, you're God, and I'm not choosing along the way. I wonder what you're like at choosing. 
Because in my estimation, there's people who choose fast. There's people who choose slow. And there's some people here who like to just sit in the middle. I wonder which one you are. The choose fast, choose slow, or the ones who like to choose or to just like if you like to sit somewhere in the middle. Because at the heart of all of this community is a relationship with a man called Jesus Christ who has said that he lived, he died, he rose again so that anyone who placed their belief in him may come to experience the life-giving power, the life-giving life of God himself. It's as though their world comes alive for the first time because they've met their creator and they're connected in with the source and being of life itself. Choosing. I wonder if here and you like choosing fast. I wonder if you like choosing slow. I wonder if you like to sit in the middle. For anyone to follow Jesus, to enter into God's life, at the heart of it is a choice. Jesus said these words, The time has come, the kingdom of God, that is God's reign, God's life, God's rule, has come near. It's bearing upon this world, entering into our sphere. Repent and believe the good news. This word repent, the Greek word for that is metanoia. That's as Greek I'm going to get, okay? Metanoia. It means to turn around. It means to about face. You were heading in one direction and now you turn around and you're going in another. You were heading down this pathway, but now you're heading in another. If you were driving your car down the street, one of the street signs that would be metanoia or repent would be a U-turn. You're heading that way, but you realise that you're on the wrong tracks and so you did an about face, you did a U-turn, now you're turning the other way. See, the most challenging things about Jesus' words here, (laughs) they involve a choice. Do you know that? You see, if I was to push you and say to ask you about your decision making, you'd say, yeah, some of you might say, if there is a God up there, I kind of find myself in this situation. I kind of want to do what I want to do in life, but I'd also like to have a, a little bit of God's eternal life. Yeah, I kind of want to live my way a lot of the time, but then there's this person, Jesus, and I'm wondering what I should do with him. I'd I'd kind of like to make all my decisions myself in life, but if there's a God and he wants to hold me accountable, I kind of want to have a bit of him as well. And we can get ourselves caught between the middle in the RSVP. And some like to choose fast and some like to choose slow and some like to sit in the middle, but for Jesus... He said, sooner or later at the end of the day, you need to choose. I wonder if you're here and you choose fast. You're a fast chooser. Okay, that's, that's connecting with you. I, I remember my shopping patterns with Bron and I. I would, whenever I go shopping, I just walk into a place and I go, no, 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 yes, yes, no, 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 yes, done. One shop. Done. Out of there. Anyone like that? Yeah, there's two of us out there. Thank you. Bronze shopping is a little bit different. It takes a little bit more time. Look in that one. Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder what that is like in another shop and if it's cheaper. Go to the other shop. Hmm, that one's a little bit better, but it's a little bit... I wonder if there's another shop. Hmm. Go there. Let's go back to, to the first shop again. Hmm. I wonder if I could get this at the bargain browser or the op shop. <laughs> so I might go there. And then at the end of the day, 
after a coffee or some conversation and you've moved around the shops a number of times, you might choose one thing. Could you imagine the two of us trying to live together and shop together? That, no, 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 yes, yes, no, 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 done. What? How can you? You haven't even started. Maybe one there, choose. wonder if you're a father. What I have learnt in my life being married is that sometimes it's good to pause, to not rush in, to say, can I afford this? Is this a want or a need? And by the end of the day, God, in the bigger decisions, God, what do you want to say about this? Jesus said to those people like us who choose fast, he said these words, suppose one of you wants to build a tower, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. He said, that's just like following me. Don't have to rush into making a decision to choose to follow me. In fact, be like a bit of a wise builder who estimates what is this life of Jesus like? What, what does it involve? What does it entail? Someone ran up to Jesus and they said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus turned to him and said, really? He said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Do you really want to come and follow me? Because it's hard. If you're here this morning and you're a fast chooser, And you're wondering, should I choose Jesus or not? He might even say to you, be like the builder. Or else you might look at the end of the day a bit foolish. Take some time. Explore. Understand what it means for those who choose fast. But then some of us here might be the ones who choose slowly. Jesus said these words, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. You might be sitting here this morning and saying, Troy, do you really believe in something called a heaven and a hell? Really? But let me put it another way. If you don't want to be part of God's life in this life, what makes you think you'd want to be part of his life in the next? If there is one. If, let me put it another way. If, if you don't think that there's anything good about following Jesus in this life, in this world right now, he's kind of respectful of that choice you make and he says, well, you can have that in the next too. In other words, if there's nothing good of Jesus that you actually want to connect with in this life, why would you actually want to connect with him in the world in the age to come? In fact, Jesus said these words to a group of Jewish people who God had called to be his light and to shine, God's mercy, God's justice, God's light, God's truth into the world. In fact, they were at odds with Rome and wanting to take up might and they were wanting to fight them and expel them from their their land, from Palestine. They were wanting to be angry and take up swords and kill. And he said, if you go this way, which most of the world goes in, it'll lead to destruction. But there's a narrow gate that leads to life and that's me. Jesus said, if you follow me, if you do the things I'm asking you to do, it will not only lead to life in this life, but lead to eternity with you in the next, with him in the next. He says, wide is the path that everyone goes down and it's so easy to go down that path. Come with us, that Jesus person, there's nothing good in him. Find your happiness at the end of a bottle. Find it at the end of a drug. Find your next sporting. 
uh, outlet. Find it at the end of the pursuit of the, the next sort of possession and object. Jesus says, wide is that path that leads away. But you need to turn and choose if you want to follow me. Some years ago, Ron and I were travelling over in Canada. We went to this pristine place called Banff. Beautiful. Lake Louise was this one particular lake, turquoise blue, majestic in in, in appearance and colour. We went into a hotel there and uh, right on the lake. And as we were walking through the hotel, there were various signs and pictures just telling the history of the place. I remember pausing at one of the pictures and as I looked at it, I noticed that there were some young people and some young adults that were standing on a a raft just right beside the river. And for a moment in time, the photographer had taken this, this photograph and there was this still of these faces looking back at you. And they were sort of frozen in time. Just a group of people just enjoying themselves right on the edge of the, the river. And then I looked to the caption below and it said these words. One minute after this photograph was taken, this raft that they are standing on capsized and all of them were lost, drowned. And I wondered for a moment, if they had any inkling that that event was about to happen, what, what would it mean? What would it... they would have jumped off. But they had no idea that their eternity was about to take place. They're about to enter into a conversation with, with God himself. They didn't even know what was around the corner. And Jesus says, if you like, there's a narrow pathway that leads to life and eternal life. And you don't know when that choice is coming. But you can know with certainty and confidence that you know where you're going. And live with that hope and that certainty. If you're here this morning and choice for you, you like to go slow. You don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what's at the end of the rope. You don't know what tomorrow may bring. Jesus would say, you can't take forever. And then one of you here this morning and for you, choosing, you like to sit in the middle. You're one of these ones who likes to sum up their options and just fold their arms and go, I like to just play it safe in the middle. Jesus said these words, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. And then he'll reward each person according to what they have done in this life where they have lived. In light of who Jesus is and the things that they've done. For whoever wants to save their life, he says, they'll lose it. But whoever loses their life for following Jesus, they'll save it. What does that mean? There'll be some people who point at you and say, have you been going along to that church place? In fact, you only mentioned it once or twice before and I'm summing up that you might be one of those God people, those Bible bashers. Really? Really? I tell you what, if you get involved in that religious stuff, if you get involved with Jesus, you will be throwing your life away. Some people will say that. Really? You don't want to do all the things that we do? 
That's ridiculous. That's crazy. You are throwing your life away. These are the best years of your life. And Jesus would say in response to you this. Some people might say to you, you're throwing your life away and following me. But I tell you this. You are finding it. Because for my way in living here in this life is not only a good way and a godly way, but it is a great way to live. And not only that, is that you will encounter the living God that comes alive in your life and you will know where you're going, not only in this afterlife, but you'll experience him in the present and now. You are not throwing your life away. You are choosing to find it. You are choosing to discover it. You are choosing it with me. So I wonder if Jesus would say, you can't sit in the middle forever. There's a choice. In our journeys groups, which is basically our unpacking the Christian faith kind of conversation that we're going to be running again. I've been saying it for a few weeks now, so if you'd like to be involved, please let us know. At the end of that, I say, you know, do you know where you are with God? And sometimes people say, well, how do I know if I've arrived? So let's think about it like this. Melbourne to Sydney. Now, I know Melbourne's a better place to live, but let's say you were journeying from Melbourne to Sydney. There are some people who like to go by plane. They hop on a plane, they want to get there quick. In fact, there are some people who like to go by plane to get it over quickly, but they don't like the journey. So they take a tablet to help them go to sleep. They get there and they wake up and they go, I got here, I got here on a plane, I can't remember much of the journey, but I've arrived. Some people are like that with God. They say, you know, when I grew up, I was exposed to the things of who Jesus was and, and somewhere along the line, it kind of infiltrated my thinking in my heart, but now I believe that he is... God's son. I believe that he rose from the dead. I believe that he, his, his death allowed me forgiveness to break the power of sin and selfishness in my own life and I'm following him. I don't quite know how I arrived here but I got there because I believe those things and I live it accordingly. There's some other people though who don't like the plane route. But they like going by train. Yeah, It's a little bit longer and they like to take in the scenery. They've got questions along the way. They go along and they say, okay, we've gone through this place and that place and the one after. I've got questions to ask. I've got things I want to explore along the way and taking my time, I'm, I'm heading towards that direction but I just want to, if I make a decision, I want to choose, choose accurately, choose to be informed and that's, that's fine. But where the destination is, is that where you stand with Jesus. Do you believe in who he said he was? Do you accept to say, I want to follow him? You throw the keys of your life to him and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. You're the king. And then there's other people and someone said at the end of one journey's course, he said, you know, I haven't taken the plane, I haven't taken the train, but I think I'm going by bike. And my bike has a squeaky wheel. I'm touring up into the mountains. I'm going down, taking over all of the scenery because there's some things that need to be unpacked in my life along the way that are painful and hard. And God's helping me with that. See, it doesn't quite matter which route you take with Jesus as long as along the way you know where you're heading and you know when you've arrived. The band are going to come up in a moment. And I thought a, a way to actually finish our time over the last nine weeks because we've been talking about community and we've been talking about belonging is to give us an opportunity to reaffirm the things that we might be choosing or the things that we're about to choose. They're going to quietly play 
And I thought it would be appropriate for, for here at New Community for us to share a time of communion. Communion is a, is a meal that Jesus shared with his followers. On the night before he was betrayed, it said he took a piece of bread and he took a cup filled with wine and he said these words, This is my body which is going to be given for you. And this is my blood which will be shed for you. It's like a new agreement and commitment between God and humankind. Eat it as often as you remember me and you gather together in remembrance of who I am and what I'm about to do. I wonder if you're here this morning and you've been checking out Jesus along the way and you're kind of cycling your bike, but you're kind of heading towards him. You know, I think it would be appropriate for you this morning if you want to, as a step of faith, to say, Jesus, I might not have arrived in Sydney yet, but I'm kind of open to that. Then I would invite you to come and take a piece of bread and a cup and go back to your chair and eat the bread and drink the cup. As a way of saying, that's where I'm heading. Maybe you're here this morning and following Jesus is something you've done for a number of years, but you've kind of lost your way. Then for you to make a choice this morning to say, I want to do that about face, that repentance thing. Maybe for you, it will be filled with some tears and you'll take some bread and a cup. And you go back to your chair and you'll say, Jesus, I turn to you. Maybe for you, Jesus said, when you participate in this thing, it's a sign that you're actually part of God's family. So for you this morning, as you take the bread and take the cup, for you, you have to reflect upon your relationships within the family. Are they right? Are they good? Do you need to do some asking? God, would you help me to love, to forgive? Maybe here this morning and for you, it's just your choosing. But the most appropriate thing for you would be to just pause and to listen and to reflect. Maybe allow God to speak to you. And just take in the moment. In fact, for some here today, if communion is a new experience and you want to be involved in it, there's some cards on the tables that you can pick that up and you can read about it and what it means. But right now, I want to create some space. So if you'd like to be involved, there's a table up there, there's a table over there, and there's a table here. You can get up out of your seat, come and take some bread, take a cup, quietly go back to your chair and you can have conversation with God. We'll see you in a few moments' time. And when you're there, you can eat and drink at your leisure. I'm going to pray and then if you'd like to respond, you're welcome to. Jesus, in this place right now, I ask that you would help us to choose. To choose. And I ask this in your name. Amen.